Hello, 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 and welcome back team. Hope you're all having a fantastic week. Um, we finally got some sunshine in sunny Yorkshire, God's own county. Um, hopefully you do too, but it is due to be followed by some more rain, um, much to our frustrations. For the first time uh, on the Move Pro Recovery and Performance page, I have a co-host. It is a very husky, somewhat attractive sounding uh, to some people. Um, brother of mine, Elliot, our head coach. How are we doing, mate? Yeah, not bad. Thank you, everyone. I apologise in advance for my for my voice, but we'll do our best. So I've just been chatting to him. As I've spoken to many of you about uh, about the the real benefits of uh, Healthspan, a zinc oxide um, dissolvable. Uh, I can't even think what it's called. Effervescent. No, no, you have to suck on it, and it actually improves the uptake of the zinc. And but basically, it's been proven to to reduce the length of time of a cold or flu virus by I think it's forty eight to seventy two hours. Um, so if there is anyone else in the same position as Elliot, then that's a, a a really useful thing. If you can't find it, drop us a message in Discord, and we'll send you over the link. Um, but for today, we are going to first touch on a couple of bits that I introduced in the last podcast. And then we're going to talk through how to progress in the gym and just go back and forth with some of our thoughts. So first and foremost, let's catch up on the six-week nutrition slash fat loss challenge that we've got. Uh, how's things going for you, mate? Yeah, it's interesting, actually. I think we, we've spoken about this earlier today. And I certainly found that I actually went for a little period of fat loss prior to starting the challenge. So I maybe I think I lost about £10 in the run-up. And then obviously this has just provided a little bit of extra accountability. But it's interesting how you do get to a point within these like fat loss periods where you have to take things a little bit more seriously and become a little bit more structured. And I think that's been the biggest um, the biggest thing for me over the last two weeks is I've found that I've actually sort of plateaued through doing the intuitive eating that I would normally do. And now it's about introducing a little bit more structure with step counts and calorie tracking and all of those things, which is just that next level when we talk about wanting to get somewhere from a competition perspective. I think I, I would reiterate that. So I've been pretty consistent from a tracking perspective. Um, I have the appetite of a grizzly bear. Um, not that I'm comparing myself to one, but I have the appetite that I could just eat and eat and eat and I have to track to almost make myself accountable to the numbers. Um, and I've sort of seen my progress plateau a little bit and that one of the things that I'm going to be pretty diligent on now for the next sort of two week period and see how that influences things before I even consider dropping calories is going to be step count um, and hydration because I can fluctuate by up to like one and a half two kilos a day and it'd be interesting to see how those things um, sort of change things and, and influence things and it's obviously something that we'll keep updating in the, the discord channel um, on that as well, I think it's been interesting having a couple of conversations with clients around protein intake over the last couple of weeks. So I think there's a lot of, not misinformation, but there's a lot of convoluted information out there regarding the amount of protein you should be eating and the amount of protein you need for your goals. And I think one of the most surprising things I've found with people I've worked with is people often said, oh, that seems like a low amount of protein. 
And I always take my numbers from, there's a book by Alan Aragon called Flexible Dieting or Flexible Eating. I can't remember which one it is, but he basically uses like all the meta-analyses and brings it together for his recommendations. And the range he uses is between 1.2 grams and 1.6 grams per, ki- per kilo of body weight. And I think it shocks people that even that top end, that 1.6, sounds doesn't sound as much as they think they need. A lot of people think it's this two grams per kilo of body weight. And actually how that can make things a little bit easier in the dieting process as well, because if we're not having to try and hit a ridiculous amount of protein, but we can still hit our goals and make progress, then it allows a little bit of leeway with regards to carbs and fats, which are going to make that process a little bit easier as well. So I think all in all, it's been good in terms of just starting conversations and starting, like maybe giving us a little bit more focus on it as well. Definitely. No, definitely. Um, so the next update from us is around High Rocks in Manchester. Um, I again touched on it in the last podcast. I'm going to also include a sign-up link in Discord when I upload this podcast. But I think we're up to now 14 people, um, both staff, clients uh, and friends who are keen to jump on board. Obviously, we're going to get all merch sorted out and things like that. But it'd be awesome to have as many people connected to move uh, there as possible to, to come together, support one another. Um, I'm doing it in a pair. One of my friends, Elliot and Josh, are doing it in pairs. We've got a number of people doing it as individuals. Even if there's people who go, right, I don't really want to do the full amount as an individual or a pair, then maybe we can get together a team of four and that means essentially that you do half the running and you can split the stations up. But like it'd be so, so cool from our perspective to, to bring uh, a group of us. Like, it is cool anyway, but like if we can get as many people involved as possible, um, we'd absolutely love that. Um, right, moving on into the main topic and I'm going to let Elliot lead on this and I'm just going to add in because it is as a head coach and sort of um, head of performance side of things, it is his area of expertise. So, simple question, Elliot. How do we progress in the gym? I think there's obviously multiple different ways in which we can progress in the gym, and it's about choosing the most appropriate measure for the client in terms of where they are in their journey and where they are from in our side of things, from a rehab perspective, but then also, yeah, from a performance perspective, followed on from that. So there are a number of different ways in which we can progress and we can go through those. So we've got things like load progressions, volume progressions, intensity progressions, intraset volume and exercise selection. And like I said, those are going to be appropriate for different people at different stages. So for example, if you've never trained before, the first thing that I would be looking for is building a baseline of strength. So we should be picking a movement that's very low skill, very high stability, and we should be building a baseline of strength. So in terms of making progress in the gym, we wouldn't be looking to progress exercise selection really quickly at that, at that stage. We'd be looking for load progressions and volume progressions because actually what that's going to give you is a foundation that we can build towards. But if we don't have the strength, then that's going to impact our stability and it's going to impact our ability to actually express any kind of skill um, at that point as well. However, as we get further and further throughout our journey or throughout our time training, we can get a little bit more fancy and that's when we can look to go to, for example, intensity progressions. We can look to get on a periodized program where we're going through specific blocks, working at different percentages or towards different goals. Or we can work intraset at that point as well and we can go, okay, tempos, we can work on an eccentric, we can work on a pause, we can work on different speeds in the concentric. And then finally, I think for those that top end of clients or people who have actually ticked a lot of the basic boxes, that's where I would go to exercise selection. And I think what I try and do with our clients who've come through that full pro recovery process 
is go, okay, how complex can we make this whilst maintaining the strength that they need for their goals? So the basic example would be someone like a runner. Actually, what's the baseline of strength that we need to be able to run effectively? From there, is it a bit of a diminishing return to continue pushing that strength or do we reach a plateau where they're effective at their sport? And at that point, I would be looking to increase complexity because I think actually that's going to build the athletic qualities that we want to see and it's going to give them a broader performance performance gain than it is just pushing strength. So that was a very convoluted way of saying there's lots of different there's lots of different methods, but I think it gives you an idea that there are there are different levers that we can pull at different times, but it's very much where we are in our journey that's going to dictate that. No, it's cool. I think like let's let's strip it right back and go right. What are load progressions and how? What might that look like in someone's program? Um, and how should? someone who is working with us go about improving or progressing with sort of load-based progressions? Okay, so say for example, you come to us and the first squatting exercise we give you is a goblet squat. And we look to go through some loading progressions with that goblet squat. We would probably want to see somebody goblet squatting 30 kilos or 25 to 30 kilos before we stick a barbell on your back. So actually, we could start off with three sets of eight reps with a 10 kilo dumbbell. And then throughout that, throughout the weeks, in terms of load progressions, we go, okay, we're gonna keep those sets of reps the same. We're gonna go three sets of eight reps. I'm gonna go 15 kilos, 20 kilos, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a very, very basic um, overload. But actually what we'll see is that that will probably happen quite quickly because the skill's there but actually gives you a, a clear adaptation week to week because we're putting more demands on your body and it would just be as simple as that, increasing the load but keeping the sets and reps exactly the same. Awesome. And then on the flip side of that coin almost, a vo- what does a volume progression look like and how should someone go about progressing through volume-based um, progressions? So in terms of volume progression, it's exactly as it says on the tin, we're trying to accumulate more sets and reps. And we can do that like we can do that by like say focusing on the number of reps within a certain set so we might build from a set of 10 to all, all the way towards so sorry going from three sets of 10 to three sets of 12 three sets of 15 three sets of 20 and the, like i said there has to be a reason behind that and there has to be a rationale and the rationale would usually be it's basically practice so the better the more the more we repeat a movement the more comfortable we get with it and the more basically the more skill we're developing within that movement itself so that would be a really appropriate progression for someone who's trying to learn a new movement would be increasing the number of reps between each set each week. I think like from, from our perspective, or certainly from my side of the, the um, continuum pro recovery and physio-based, is sticking to these simple things and doing them really, really well week after week and session after session actually is one of the big reasons that we allow people and enable people to go back and be so successful because they earn the right through building a really big base from a strength perspective. And let's not overlook the fact that while you're accumulating volume, whatever that looks like, you are going to have other benefits like cardio, like three sets of 20 is hard. It's going to have like a, a big cardiovascular strain on it as well and some heart rate and, um, more physiological changes in terms of like capillary density within muscles and, and lots of things like that, which is quite deep from a, a, a science perspective. But the people in in my mind, and I, I don't know if you agree, Al, 
they look at a program and go, that's boring. Like I need to progress really, really quickly. When actual facts, that's probably the reason that they're with us a lot of the time because either consciously they've gone, that's boring, I need to progress, I need to progress, I need to chase this number, this number, this number. Or from a coaching perspective, which we see unfortunately quite a lot, is coaches start at the bottom end of this continuum and they go, right, exercise selection and let's make things more complex for the person because it's fun without the grounding and the underpinning of a base of strength. I'd say one of the most common things I see off the back of our testing week, you'll have people who can hit really good strength numbers, but they have very little capacity. And I think a large part of it is down to missing out these key steps, especially in the initial stages. So, for example, someone at their top-end strength could be like exactly where we want it to be. But when we get into something as simple as a single leg, a single leg squat and trying to hit a certain number of reps, we're nowhere near. And the same thing if we loaded the barbell to 60% and we asked them to do a set of 20, we'd see the form breakdown, we'd see a real, like you said, from a cardiovascular perspective, we'd see a real challenge there. And it's not discounting that because actually a set of 20 and building the capacity in that sense. Once we then look to transition that to more complex things, such as a, a workout at the end or a Metcon, where we're accumulating that same amount of reps under fatigue, we need that base to be able to allow us to perform. If we don't have that base, then essentially we're going, okay, this is the most difficult aspect of fitness. Let's go for it without any evidence that we can do that. And this is just giving you the peace of mind, I think, by going through these progressions that actually your body is capable of tolerating that amount of volume. Awesome. I think one of the, the other really important ones for us to touch on is the interest set volume progressions and basically manipulating time under tension, which essentially means the amount of time that you are stressing a movement or a, a given body part, muscle, whatever we want to consider that as. Why would we do that? Um, and where do people go wrong? So if I start from where people go wrong, I think... Where people go wrong is usually trying to execute a set and just having the mindset of I need to get it done. So if it's a set of eight, for example, I need to take off these eight reps. It doesn't matter how I do them. I just need the eight reps in the bank. And there is a time and a place for that. And it's completely understandable from a coaching perspective because people have busy lives. People don't sit around talking about fitness the way we get to. And actually it's kind of like, I might just have to show up and get these things done. But if we're looking for the biggest bang for your buck within a set, we need to have an intention around the eccentric, around the pause, and around the concentric. And that's what we're talking about here. And I think the in terms of the way we use this, we would look at the person, we'd look at the qualities we're trying to build within that person and then assign a tempo that's going to build those qualities. So a really clear example would be somebody that falls out of position within a squat. There's two things we could adjust there. It would be the eccentric or the pause. And I would be looking, okay, we'll watch the lift subjectively, see where they break down and see whether or not we need to add a longer eccentric to be able to teach them how to brace and teach them how to keep position, a longer pause to ensure they're not bouncing out the bottom, to ensure they're not losing position there. And I think those are the, that's the way we'd approach it with every client is looking at you as an individual, looking at you in the way you perform a movement and assigning some intention just to give you awareness around your positioning. And yeah, it's a real, it's very much a low hanging fruit for a lot of people, I'd say. And the, the other thing that's really important to know is the more time and attention you can spend, the more gains you're going to make from a hypertrophy and strength perspective. Like we know that if you place more stress on a tissue, it's going to be forced to adapt. So it's a really, really key thing that like when we put your, um, 
time and attention sort of metrics in there, how long the eccentric needs to be, how long the pause, how long the, the concentric needs to be, that we, we stick to them. Because the other reason is we use them from a rehab perspective and we might use an extended eccentric to develop some of the qualities that are required for you to hop and stick and land and change direction. And the, the way we obviously look at things from a, a rehab perspective is a very much combined and holistic approach. And what we're trying to do concurrently all the time is have our rehab, have our program almost one step ahead of the rehab so that we know that you've earned that right to start your plyometrics, to start moving into some more higher rate of force development work, which might be less eccentric focusing your strength and just pure concentric, right? Let's get the work done. Uh, let's move fast. And I think just to, to touch on exercise selection before we move on to client wins. Think of exercise selection in the gym as the same as what would happen during your rehab process. We are increasing levels of complexity. We're increasing levels of environmental stress, whatever that may be. You've got external load. You're moving it through a greater range of motion. Um, you're doing it under more fatigue in the same way that in rehab, we're doing exactly the same things and essentially just increasing levels of chaos which is challenging your system on both a physical and a neurological level to essentially create a bandwidth of movement options, movement variability, and create ultimately a safe zone that your body is happy performing in and it will stay as safe as possible in. Yeah, and just to add to that, I think it's one of those where this is very much, there's always throughout your journey and throughout whatever level of training you're at and how much training history you have, there are going to be changes in exercise selection. That's that's a given. But it's the rate at which this progresses that I think is probably the most important thing to touch on here. And the idea that this doesn't have to be done over two weeks. It doesn't have to be week to week with changing exercises. And it can be a difficult conversation sometimes because I think there, there is a level of novelty to training that comes with changing exercises all the time. It does. It's a very obvious progression to make. And I completely understand that. But equally, there is something really fun about actually moving to an exercise when you when you are fully competent in it. And that's the bit that I think we're really trying to drive home. Um, the idea that actually it's earning, right. earning the right, right to earning move on. Right. And we see so many times people coming to us who haven't earned the right to do certain movements, who become injured on that movement. And then actually what we need to do is strip it back and, re- and start that process again. It's a really important thing that sometimes is just thrown away and I think we we do systemize it and that's why we have a lot of success with people throughout especially the first 12 weeks I think one of the 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 most profound quotes that and I can't remember who the quote is from that sticks with me is any idiot can make someone tired like you might go to a class and the class changes every week or within the week and, and things like that and it might be really entertaining and you might go away with a massive serotonin and dopamine dump and that's not to say that that individual class is, is bad or the coach or the trainer is bad, but for you to be in the position that you are now and to serve you in the long term, investment in going through all of these progressions, as we've discussed, is a massive, massive factor in your long-term health, wellness, performance, and ultimately success and allowing you to do the things that make you happy and, and give you fulfillment. So... Hope that helped. If there are any questions for uh, any of the team, Elliot or I, Josh, Jack, um, please stick them in uh, Discord and we will move into some client wins. Perfect. So 
five client wins this week. Um, we'll go one each of Callum. Um, massive, massive milestone and sort of just from my perspective hits home on the importance of the first four to six weeks post-surgery um, being able to get to a point where you have a quiet knee, full range of motion uh, into extension 120 degrees uh, flexion and restoring that ability to walk and have a, a normal healthy gait uh, and he's done that so big well done mate that, that's, it, it lays the foundation for you to then sort of springboard off Um so then we've got Ryan, who's just hit off his first 5K since working with us. Um, it's definitely not Ryan's first 5K. <laughs> Ryan has... I think definitely not. I, I think. I don't want to get this wrong. I don't want to shortchange him. It's somewhere around the 15-minute mark. It's sub-15, I think. It might be sub-15. It's, it's ridiculous. It's Ryan's uh, 5K PB. So obviously a very, very high-performing individual. Um, but what Ryan did, which I think was like really really lovely in terms of like our the process we go through and the it's 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 been a fantastic journey to be a part of as a team is he's really bought in and for someone that is at that level to go okay there are things that i'm missing within my toolkit there are things that i haven't ticked off along the way which although i'm performing at a high level is they're still holding me back can I please buy into your process? It's been really rewarding as a full team. So he's now back to a stage where he can run and it's about making sure that we're balancing the gains he's made from a strength perspective with his running. But it'll be unbelievable to see, I think, the work that he's done to build that foundation alongside the talent he already had and seeing how far he goes from here. Nice. Probably Ryan. I'm excited to see what you do at High Rocks. <laughs> I think you're going to surprise a few people. Um, so the next two, uh, we've firstly got Lucy, um, massive swimming PB. Lucy's been with us for a long time, working on some pelvic and back pain. She's come a really long way. Uh, and in the last week, under Jack's guidance, she has PB'd her 1,500-meter swim. Not only PB'd, but knocked eight minutes off it, taking it from 40 minutes down to 32 minutes, which is unbelievable. So a massive well done to you. Um, really proud of the journey that you have gone on and continue to go on, but to knock 20% off, knock 80, uh, sorry, eight minutes off that time, it's awesome. And then we've got Alice, um, who was due to compete in a, um, CrossFit competition, a first CrossFit competition for a long time at the weekend, but unfortunately uh, that didn't come to fruition because of some uh, plumbing issues, I believe. Um, but she still replicated it. She went in there and did it with her partner and absolutely smashed it. So it was really, really good to see. And one of the biggest things uh, for us, and I, I posted about it during the week, if some of you may, saw it, may have seen it, she's started her own PT journey and is considering potentially a career switch. And this is one of the really rewarding things from our perspective as a team is I actually having an influence on people to change what they're doing because they've gone through what we do. They've found it fulfilling, they've enjoyed the process and they can see that as a option for them in the future. Um, so if you if you are interested in following Alice's journey, I believe it's aligned by Alice or aligned with Alice uh, on Instagram. Um, and I'm sure she'd love to hear from you and, and all the well wishes that she will have. Uh, the final one is Molly. So Molly's someone that um, I've known once for a long time. We, Molly came to us about, I think, six to eight months ago with some hip pain. And basically, it was stopping her having any kind of intensity in her training. It was stopping her training lower body full stop. She originally started with Josh, went through a process of rehab with him, and now we're fully based on performance. And she's just hit an all-time PB on 5K of 23 minutes. So that's somebody that's gone from really losing faith in her lower body and actually 
she just did say to me at one point as well, she was like, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me sharing this, that she just didn't feel like herself and she's gone through a process and she's managed to get back to that high performance level she was at and exceed anything she's done previously. So it's a huge testament to the work that's been put in there and just again, trusting in that process to go through a bit of rehab to then get the gains on the other side with a big foundation in place. So yeah, well done, Molly. Very big well done. And it's, it shows again and highlights that pro recovery and performance pathway that we're building. So um, really proud of, of everything that you all have achieved. Um, sorry if you didn't get a mention, as always, we can't list you all off because we are having a number of wins. Um, and just sort of if, if you are hitting a speed bump from a rehab or a performance perspective, um, make sure you know you're in fantastic hands um, and we will go above and beyond to, to navigate that speed bump and push you forwards from there so that wraps everything up thank you very much Elliot uh, you managed to just keep your voice throughout that um, hope you all enjoyed it as always uh, please fire away with any questions any topics you want us to cover and uh, don't forget the fantastic partnerships that we have with Pure Sport and Prep Kitchen um, Prep Kitchen have ch slightly changed the discount code for you guys it's now move physio no spaces um, and it's a, a big part of my life definitely in terms of giving me time and, and consistency back from a diet and a, a nutrition perspective so have a great week as always if you need us please reach out straight away otherwise uh, we'll catch you on the next one